welcome back to this edition of Drunk Bible Study Bonus Edition. Here we are again. Um, <laughs> Gotta yes. sandwich it with the additions. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So many additions, so many bonuses. Um, yeah, we. this was a really interesting set of chapters that we did in Second Kings today. I was surprised because it kind of went all over the place. Like, there were various things that sort of led into one another and then it ended up being like a bunch of like random scattershot like things that happened and that was it it was you, it was very strange do you remember last week the sort of teaser that i gave you for this episode no what did yes, you say your teaser was about somebody not doing something being very important right or it was not about someone, someone not dying which was not the boy meeting the kid in this case. okay yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah. so I looked up more about the kid and then also specifically the Shunammite woman. Um, And I I found, in my opinion, a really lovely article on myjewishlearning.com from a rabbi, Rabbi Gila Coleman Ruskin. And I think that the perspective is a little bit different than like the normal um, super Christian perspective that's kind of like putting it all in like a nice little bow and tying it up and saying like, well, it was because of God or whatever. This is a little bit more critical thinking in my opinion. Um, First of all, okay, so the Shunammite woman is also called Isha Galada, a great woman. And this says that the consensus of trans... Yes, exactly. But it refers to Galada or Gel... Wait, Ged... Ola, G-E-D-O-L-A-H. Gladiola. Gedola, great. <laughs> Gedola, okay. And, and that refers to her wealth specifically. Okay. So apparently she had the financial means to build an addition to her house. I mean, yeah, yeah and that's so, not nothing. Exactly. Yeah. No, and so that's not nothing. Um, no small expense in antiquity. Uh, but then also this gentleman or, or person, I'm not quite sure, Gila, if that's what... what type of name that is but yes this rabbi um it says that it's also referring to her wisdom which is cool mm, I, okay. I like yeah. that, that 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 word is referring to her wisdom and her capacity for empathy um i'm finding that gila is a is a lady's name actually. okay it's a Hebrew there you go girl's name okay. yes perfect lovely I and that this whole thing sort of parallels is is very similar to the Abraham and Sarah and Isaac story because there's also the parallel right. of like hospitality, a prophecy to a barren woman that she will bear a son and then a near death experience of that son. So that's something to keep in mind that we're we're doing this again in the Bible because the Bible loves to revisit themes for sure. I but the interesting part of this is that this says in in now we I discussed specifically last week about the bears the she bears yeah and this woman this rabbi is like yeah Elisha was a busy and emotionally inaccessible man of God which right there is very different <laughs> than a lot of the different things that we like to read right about yeah. And it says, in the wake of the death of his mentor, Elijah, Elisha's detachment was so great that his temp- his quick temper resulted in the tragic death of 42 children who were teasing him. <laughs> by bear. Yeah. Death by yeah. bear. Exactly. But, but uh, I like that, that it's saying, like, it, he's just an, a detached and emotionally detached man, and he yeah, killed these kids and whatever. He doesn't even care. And... It, he was thoughtful enough to reward the Shunite woman for her hospitality, but he didn't do it personally. Instead, he sent his servant 
Gehazi to offer money and protection, which she politely turned down. Now, in addition, this talks about the fact that that he decides to give her like this thing for giving him a room and hospitality and all of that. And that thing is a son. However, she never asks to get this son. She like doesn't say right. that she wants it specifically. Huh. Interesting. She does say like, no, I'm barren. That's not going to happen. Exactly. Right. It, but, but also, yeah, it's saying like a key difference is that unlike other barren women in the Bible, Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, Hannah, Samson's mother, and Michal, the Shunammite woman had not been praying for a child, nor did her life seem to be incomplete without She's like, one. I'm financially independent. I'm exactly. Doing great. Exactly. Right. Like I don't need a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was Elisha's idea for her to become a mother, not hers. Hmm. So right. that's right. a really interesting point that they're I talking didn't think about. about that. Me neither. Yeah. And so I didn't realize this. I guess the the kid like basically died of like heat stroke. He was wandering in the heat a day without water. He became dehydrated, then sick and ultimately died. That's interesting. Okay. Um, well, that's, I guess that's the interpretation, right? right? That's the interpretation. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't get any of that from what we read, but whatever. Uh, so, yeah, she, again, um, it talks about his emotional detachment that, like, first he sends his servant to help her out, not right. even himself. And she's like, nah, man, like, we need you. You have to come mm, and do I this see. thing. That's when she was like, it's it's fine. Don't worry about it, servant. Get me the yeah, real deal. I, Exactly. Yeah. So and and then it also talks about the fact that because of her deep empathy for Elisha, the Shunammite woman knew precisely what words to use to shake him from his detachment. As the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you, which this utterance was the precise echo of the impassioned words with which with which Elisha himself had mm. implored his beloved mentor, Elijah, not to die. Yeah, that's it's interesting. Yeah. It's the same wording that he had said to him. Wow. Yes. Okay, that's a cool connection. I know. And it worked. Elisha and the woman now rushed to the bedside of the child. So, yeah. Anyways, wow. he he made the, the kid alive and stuff. And it says he embraced... He he breathed child the breath of life, breathed into the child the breath of life, the embrace of life, as he had prophesied. At this season next year, you will be embracing a son. So that's interesting. Well, so yeah, he prophesies that she would be embracing a son. I know. Well, yeah. But then he did say you you come in and embrace her after I've resurrected him. And that's the thing. And it says that, yeah. So the incident revived the Shunammite woman and gave her a bond with her son. So the woman she didn't bent have down. one before. I get. Yeah. I don't know. That's she what it's saying. Essentially, shits about what happened to him before. I mean, clearly, yeah. clearly she did. But yeah, she but needed it's, a man to yeah. teach oh, her how to have a bond with her know. child. I mean, oh, sure. I'm not sure. But it, it's essentially just saying, like, may we all be inspired by the healing power of radical empathy. So both of them, uh, like, may, so say we all. May yeah, we all? Yeah, mm-hmm. both of them were yeah. empathetic and. They they ultimately got what they wanted, I guess. So, I thought it was a lovely a lovely thing, a lovely uh, article on myjewishlearning.com. dot com. I I did find just briefly when I was looking stuff up that we have not seen the last of her. She's going to be back oh. next week. Wow, she what a leading be, lady! I know, wow, right? Leading a lady, indeed. leading lady. <laughs> that uh, yeah, that that um, just just real quick while um, I found one. Gosh, thing by uh, Carol mm-hmm. Myers, who wrote a book called Rediscovering Eve, Ancient Israelite Women in Context. 
Uh, and one of the things she points out is that while this character never gets a name, she's one of the few in, women in the Bible who's not introduced as a wife of somebody else. Mm, so that's true. Kinda, it's just like her own woman. And the fact that it's her idea that she notices this is a holy man and that he comes through this town often, so let's build him a room, and her husband says yes. It's sort of like this wow. fairly unique story of Ooh, her being the one. She's just controlling the money and maybe right. wearing the pants. Noticing yeah. things Relatively and realizing speaking, things. speaking for ancient and, Israel. Yeah. And none of them wore <laughs> pants, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah anyway we're gonna get her next very week, cool uh, where she's gonna wow. come back cool. again so that'll be fun she's a cool character yeah. yeah so i looked up stuff all about gehazi our boy oh the servant gehazi. yeah oh, boy yes. oh, the servant. Servant. now so here's the thing is in rabbinic literature gehazi is identified as one of four people who essentially have forfeited their share in the afterlife because they were so wicked Wow! What? The, Wait, really? The, what? In the According life. to who? Who put this? List I'm of... assuming the rabbis. Oh, the rabbis. Okay. Jewish Jewish writing, Jewish myth, mythology. Have we met some of the other people? We have not. Well, actually, sorry. Oh, is he I the first? lied. I lied. Um, one of them is Balaam. Oh. And oh, one of them what? is Doge. Who? Doge. Doge? Was... Doge. Cool. Yeah. What did, wait, what was did Doge, Doge do again except for He was a general or something? Doge was the chief herdsman to Saul. Um, okay. okay. Uh, apparently he was also an antagonist to David at a certain point. Right, um, right. He was and a then, wicked, wicked man. And then I guess uh, Ahithophel, who was a counselor to David, is the other one. So these four, these four people from around the same time period in history uh, are... are are not gonna um not gonna get their share in the afterlife basically too bad yeah so now this is an interesting part of the story that we didn't really get in this translation um again in rabbinic literature so remember how elisha told gehazi okay i'm gonna give you my staff go put it on the face of the child but don't talk to anybody and if anybody addresses you don't talk to them right remember and we never really got a follow-up on that that in rabbinic literature gehazi totally wangs that Oh, where hmm. he is completely up everybody. <laughs> well it's more that he's completely skeptical about this staff trick doing anything and so he's asking passers-by like do you think the staff is going to be able to restore a dead Interesting. kid to life so he's also really? kind of mocking yeah huh. yeah there's also other stories again in like jewish mythology and like rabbinic literature that is just more pointing out the fact that Gehazi is just such a bad bad boy but um, we really don't see that until the very yeah. end of this chapter. Yeah, I know, How until he's suddenly kind of shysty at the very end. Yeah. yeah. So that's the interesting question, right? Is like, is it that there's a whole lot of other contexts that just got left out of the Bible? Or is that people yeah. needed a way to explain this? And so they made up a bunch of other stories about they why he was a bad. schmuck. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. Um, he is the subject of a Kipling poem, actually. Called, okay. called Gehazi, written in 1915. And now this poem's, uh, it's like five stanzas. I'm just going to read you one of them um, okay. because the interpretation is that Kipling was writing this actually about a British politician, a member of parliament at the time. And he's uh, like, the Gehazi is you. Yeah, the cl- basically. The classic. So, so here's, <laughs> a, I love it. here's a, a sample stanza for you. Okay. Search out and probe Gehazi, as thou of all canst try, 
the truthful, well-weighed answer that tells the blacker lie, the loud, uneasy virtue, the anger feigned at will to overbear a witness and make the court keep still. And it's basically just a lot of that over and over of like, you're, you're a rat. You're manipulating things. and Exactly. Wow. You're a rat. Huh. Um, now, the last thing I want to share with you is an image. And I will be sharing this in the Drunk Bible Study Fans and Fellowship Facebook group. So if you're listening, go join that group so that you can see this image. This is an etching from the 1800s of of Gehazi coming to place the rod on the child's on the face. Uh huh. So please, show, please just, show us. Can't screen wait. share this with you. So you kind of have to paint a little bit of a word picture. Is wow. that Gehazi's here? This kid he, is. It, I just want to remind everyone that it said when the kid was an adult. Okay. Right. This is yet another example of like the kid's grown up enough to run out into the field with his dad and and don't fear the reaper. But this kid looks like he is maybe a toddler. Right. Yeah, probably like four or so. And and so like Gahazi's just like very gently, gently placing. It looks like like, a conductor baton. Yeah, Yeah, conductor's baton. Conductor's baton or like a Harry Potter wand. Seriously. It's very thin little staff. Dragon heart, 14 inches, bending. Like, seriously. (laughs) And now there's this interesting thing where it's like he's pulling back the blanket and the kid is Buck ass naked yeah, underneath this, like his yeah, his that's junk weird is that he's flopping pulling, out. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's weird. It's like the action is I'm also revealing this kid's nakedness as I just tap his little forehead. That's outrageously strange. You could definitely yeah. just like keep the blankie on the kid, <laughs> right? And yeah. Still do the same thing. Anyway, uh, I will post Ooh. this picture in the weird. Facebook group for all of your enjoyment. Yeah. So I did uh, in looking up stuff about the resurrection of the kid. Um, I found uh-huh. not a lot actually, which is which was interesting. I expected to find a lot of discussion about it, but it's like there's stuff about Elijah doing such a similar thing before with the other kid, but all the stuff about Elisha was just pointing out the similarities, kind of being mm-hmm. like, look, in both cases, it's a woman who offered hospitality to the prophet. Right. Just remember before it was that other woman who offered hospitality to Elijah, even though she had nothing. And he did the yeah. miracle of like, you know, here's your uh, your oil and your flour is going to keep going for a long time. But she also fed him. And in this case, it's a little different where she's a wealthy woman who just decides of her own free will to help him. But similarities are there. They both have sons that die. They both have sons that get But OK, but no one out there is like and just like with Elijah this is also very weird and uncomfortable. Is no, anyone yeah. pointing that out? I mean, so, there was like, uh, I was surprised at how little there was about this, that, that so much more explicitly explains his mouth was on his mouth and his eyes on his eyes, which is weird. Now and for a he, second, I'm like mouth to mouth CPR. Sure. Maybe they should right. have some kind of Asian CPR, but it's like, I need to literally <laughs> be all up in your business. I'm like, that right. ain't no CPR. Yeah. That's kind of weird. Yeah, so I I did come across that. The CPR explanation came up, which is interesting because we had kind of theorized that with Elijah. And now with Elisha, it's maybe even a little more clear that they hadn't figured out CPR in the way we know it today, but that maybe that like warming him, compressing on him with your body and blowing into his mouth, maybe. That was common practice back then. Maybe, or or not common practice. Maybe this was a miracle at the time, but really he just figured Mm. out CPR. But, but 
I did find one thread on the hermeneutics stack exchange, which of course, of course I love. <laughs> and the question in that one was, between the time that this boy died and the woman laid him in the room, how much time went by between her oh. going to find the prophet and then coming back? That's a it, great question. So what this person did was, the person who answered it, I was very impressed, but they figured out like where that would have been and where he was and like how long it would take to go there Jeez. and like how fast a marathon runner could do it and then <laughs> shave that off a little bit to be like, here's probably realistically. Gosh. And essentially okay. between those two points, they said that a marathon runner could make that run in about two hours. So more realistically, three if you're like, okay. if you're running though, if you're booking it, so they're saying that perhaps from the time she got there to when she sent Gehazi, if he ran, which I guess according to Dedeker, maybe he was chatting up people along the way, <laughs> but if he ran, maybe three hours, and then basically doing the calculations of how long it would take her and also how long it would take then Elisha after that, they said maybe twelve hours. Jeez. approximate this so also for cpr dead. that's that's sorry, too late no way yeah. oh uh, yeah it was too late like two hours like freaking <laughs> what, 12 yeah. hours ago come what on if, exactly what if this the, what if this was more of interpreter an interpretation of like someone's fallen into a coma that i know and that there is that that it's like yeah her you know maybe they don't have quite the same sense of like when someone's that's all the way an dead interesting point yeah right. so yeah there's a lot of questions, a lot of questions, but not a lot of answers to be found on the internet that I found, at least. I mean, that's the Bible for you. That's the Bible for you. Uh, last thing is just that that got rim on, that uh, oh, yeah. we were talking about the, the who was it? The general? N- nah, mm-hmm. man. That he <laughs> yeah. said, like, I'm going to have to go to the temple and, and worship Rimon. When I looked up Rimon, uh, it's a Syrian god that's only mentioned in this one time apparently and uh that this might just be the syrian version of baal so this might just be baal again uh and that this this particular person was just you know they just had a different name you know how it is as a god you you get bored of one name you try another one it's it's cool it's cool it was fun. Okay. Well, we learned a lot of things. As always. So yeah. I will say that Emily's prediction about Second Kings really being Second Prophets is going to stay true next week. Because next week is going to be a lot of stuff more about Elisha. So he's really stealing the show, as it were. Definitely. I'm really, I, And I'm really glad that we cast Vin Diesel. He's one of those actors that I've been a big fan of for a long time on like outside of his acting even i just think he's a cool guy and just just everything i know about him love him so i'm really excited he's gonna have a good featured part in these upcoming episodes i'm glad episodes. he's doing it for you yeah yeah, yeah. lovely all righty well we're gonna yeah continue on with second profits next week and we hope <laughs> to see you all there looking forward to it thanks guys see ya